When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Micro, a podcast for short but powerful writing. I'm your host, Drew Hawkins. This episode features three beautiful, rich, and sometimes funny pieces of microfiction that pair detailed imagery with adventure and span from the far corners of the universe to the inside of a woman's mouth. This first one is an astral piece that brims with vivid imagery and narrates a cosmic yearning that includes themes of loneliness and connection, memory and hope for the future. It's called Solar Drifts. It was written by Shom Dasgupta and published by Nurture, a literary journal, on January 25th, 2021. Enjoy. So they saw it stars in halves to see the dead inside, and what they saw were remnants of their own beginnings. How should they go about and continue, they asked themselves, their palms full of crumbled memories of jubilee, once shining trumpets of sullen glee, now soils of deterioration and whimpered melodies of pain. Shredded stars stringing through their fingers, lunar rocks and gray silence bumped and cracked, they scratched their teeth against clumps of moon where they lay in utter loss. Lost were they deemed by their own doing, now such fragile presence, the way light breaks from tumbled skin, they press firmly against padded dirt and dust. Their tools warped and round, decayed teeth and hammer, they chiseled away with the bones of their elbows and knees to take every star to kill themselves over and over until there was just a glow of sorrow pervading such a sad universe. Beyond the stars they journeyed, with weathered voice and eyes to continuous punishment, they gave themselves but wished upon every crater and dune for release and recompense. Dared they to look at each other once it was all done, to face their own mirages amid solar field and stream, they touched hands and felt the sizzle of each other's tips, and prints, bellows of weakened throats only traveled as far as their lungs could push. They planted their ankles deep into their barren lands and pulled star after star, gnawing and prying, and dead and dead and dead they found no glimmer or beam. Now on their backs they sought for last breath, for all was too much to fathom. The remnant so deep and chasmed of their skulls, there was just a sigh and silence. Let it be gone, they wished. Lo. Two shooting stars to divide their wishes, seared through astral skies, against dearth of light, 
an inertial pulse given a beat, a pattern for them to remember. And like that, oxygenated memories of forthcoming blessings flashed in Skull's abyss, an explosion of gleam brought forth redemption and luster, a way they saw to stand again on unknown moons and orbs, electric and shimmered, they cut the stars of glow with saws anew, in sturdy hammer, a tap and a tap to peer inside, to see themselves as one with each other, and a nourished feature full of marble and twinkled glint. Shom Desgupta lives in Lafayette, Louisiana, and is the author of seven books, including The Seagull and the Urn from HarperCollins, India, Anklet and Other Stories from Golden Antelope Press, and the forthcoming books Spectacles from Word West, and a poetry collection titled Iron Oxide from Assure Press. You can find him on Twitter at Laughing Yeti or on his website at shomdome.com. Up next, we've got an adventure piece written in second-person perspective that guides the listener through the forest to an earthly wonder. It's called On the Outskirts. It was written by Karen Schober and published by New World Writing on December 13th, 2020. Enjoy. On the outskirts, follow the pathways, the variegated cracks, verdant gray, and heliotrope twist into a deep fissure, the opening still ahead. Pace yourself, one tiny step in front of the other, before the pungent stink assaults you. You'll know you're on the right track. The door is a hinged movable barrier that allows ingress into and egress from the enclosure. The created opening in the wall, a portal. Push it, hard. It creaks and groans like violin practice, scratchy like when the bow is placed too close to the bridge. Cover your nose and mouth with your other hand. The smell of carrion, decay, rotting death is in bloom and overwhelms. Stop coughing. You will attract the shoebill. It, too, overwhelms when aroused. Look down at your feet. Be afraid of black mumba snakes, the ones that coil and writhe and slither. They are all around you. Follow the widening groove until the light dims through overhanging branches. The canopy above is filled with trumpeted song, spotted pardalote, northern flicker, bushtit, and dark-eyed junco, flitting from limb to nest, secreting notes, deafening in the radiant hour. You do not have much time, hours at most. The legs of the giant huntsman spider, long compared to its stumpy body, twist forward in a crab-like fashion, it will guide you. Continue on past the gray buff statue. Its whale head, shoe-shaped beak is awesome. Notice it does not move. If it does, let it pass. 
The shoebill is prehistoric. It only wants to know you are here in good faith. Offer it a bit of cracker, handful of seed. Do not make mention of Nile monitor lizards, serpents, or baby crocodiles. You will only arouse its darker impulses. Notice the mound of dung beetles, flesh flies, and armored carnivorous insects. The procession clamoring toward the central phallus-like structure, surrounded by the spathe, a pleated skirt-like covering that is bright green on the outside and deep maroon inside. The spadix has grown into a large club-like head of blood-red seeds. It is gargantuan, magnificent, erotic. A single bloom the size of a small tree, stinky and putrid like rotting death, shooting up ten feet in height, its leaf structure towering to twenty feet tall and sixteen feet across. Behold the corpse flower. This is why you have come. Witness its majesty. It is over much too quickly. Do not mention this place. It will be our secret every seven years. Now go. Karen Schober's flash fiction appears in more than 50 international journals and magazines, including Bending Genres, Brilliant Flash Fiction, Fiction Southeast, The Ekphrastic Review, and Spelk Fiction. She's the editor of the award-winning flash fiction anthology, The Group of Seven Reimagined, contemporary stories inspired by historic Canadian paintings, and curates Vancouver Flash Fiction, an online resource hub for flash fiction writers and enthusiasts. You can find her on Twitter and Facebook at Karen Schober or on her website at karenschober.weebly.com. Last but not least is a speculative piece that combines humor and wit to produce a chorus of haunting ghosts. It's called Some Stories Need to Breathe a Bit. It was written by Jack Bedell and published by Twin Pies Literary in their Volume 1. Please enjoy. Some stories need to breathe a bit. The last time I dropped acid, the woman I was with told me each one of her teeth was a tiny house with its own ghost living in it. She said it wasn't always this way but she woke up to a full course of complaints one morning, and it's been like that ever since. At first, she thought she'd bitten down on a filling wrong and was getting radio signals in her mouth like Gilligan did in that episode on the island. It didn't take long before she realized the voices were in real time reacting to whatever she was doing, though, and all the pissing and moaning moved around in her mouth as different ghosts had something to say. She told me nothing ever soothed the whole neighborhood. Humming or singing was the worst thing she could do. Not even Satchmo's What a Wonderful World made all the teeth happy. 
Food was the same way, especially desserts. Even if she tried a great big piece of pecan pie, she'd have to hear one or the other of her molars bagging on how sweet or how sticky it was. And Jesus, forget about eating Doritos. In between the crunching, she said her mouth would sound like the frickin' well of souls. I really didn't want to dive into any of that too deep, but I had to ask how she could pay attention to anything else with all that going on in her head. She said it took a while, but now it's like getting to sleep with tinnitus, just some undercurrent of white noise to surf over. Pot helped a little bit, but a few of the ghosts always worried over how long they'd be high. Molly was all right, but that always ended up with all the teeth puddling up in a chorus of, I love you so much. I love the way your tongue feels. I love the air and that mint. That mint is God. She confessed that she fantasized about going to the dentist and getting every one of her teeth yanked out, just to wake up burrito wrapped in absolute silence. But like most fantasies, she said that left her feeling empty and alone after it peaked. Then she had the frisson and never said another word. It was most likely the acid kicking in, but right at the moment she shut down, the hallway behind her opened all the way out to infinity, and I swear I could hear her teeth grinding. Jack Bedell was Poet Laureate of Louisiana from 2017 to 2019 and is the author of Color All Maps New, just released by Mercer University Press. You can find him on Twitter at Jack Bedell, on Instagram at Jack B. Bedell, or on his website at jackbbedell.com. Micro is curated and edited by Dylan Evers and produced and hosted by me, Drew Hawkins. Our theme song is by Matt Ordez. You can find all the information about this episode's writers, their featured work, and the publications where they were published in the show notes. Subscribe to the show and check out some of our other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also always find our shows at micropodcast.org, and you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Podcast Micro. Thanks for listening. <laughs>